0: Thank you guys for leading us in worship this morning. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles or your app on your phone, you can go ahead and open up to there. And we're going to be jumping in there uh, this week and looking at uh, how the writer of Hebrews challenges us to really evaluate where we are in our lives, kind of in moving forward. Um, I don't know about you, I love uh, New Year's. I love the idea, you know, there's just quite nothing like quite the start of a brand new year. Hope rises, goals are set, challenges from the previous year seem to fade away. You know, a new determination uh, sets in, our mind seems sharper, our focus seems clear, our bodies are energized, our dreams are attainable, and then January 2nd hits, right? I mean, isn't that the way it is? I mean, like January 1st, like, man, we are just, we're ready to go. And then reality kind of crushes back in as, like, Oh, I got to go back to work. I got to go back to school. The the normalcy of life kind of comes back in, and uh, you know why is that? I I think it boils down to a simple truth that you know things don't change unless you change things, and a lot of times we. want things to change. We look at our lives and we take a time like New Year's and we go, man, wouldn't it be great if over this year this changed? And we hope that it changes. We talk about it changing, but we actually don't do anything to make it change. So things don't change unless things change. And I think Albert Einstein put it best. You've heard this quote before that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, it's hoping that something will change without actually changing something. It's just not going to happen. So I want us to start this year and see how God, through His Word and His truth, are going to help us make this year what I hope might be the best year of your life. Not that last year was a bad year. Maybe it was for you. Maybe it was a good year. But I, I really hope, in one of my prayers every new Year's, is that God... What is in store for me this year? Would it grow me? Would it challenge me? Whether it's good circumstances, bad circumstances, whatever is in store for me this year, may I approach it knowing that this could be the best year of my life. And I'm not talking about best year financially, relationally, you know, that you're going to look back and you had more money in the bank, you know, next January than you do this January, but that we as people, we as who we are on the inside, we as followers of Christ, those who are seeking after the truth of God, would be better that we would have grown more this year. So over the next three weeks, we're going to kind of focus on doing this through what I think is really how we experience change in our life, and it's through relationships. Right? Everything kind of rises and falls on relationships. How my day goes is often determined by how my relationships go in that day. If Katie and I wake up and something happens and we're mad at each other to start the day, guess what? That's going to affect the rest of my day. If uh, if something happens at your office, and you get there, and man, things weren't you know like what you were expecting, or something has changed, and you didn't know it was coming, or maybe you got bad news at work or bad news from family, or it's going to affect your day and your outlook. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three key relationships and how we can make sure we are in tune with those in such a way that we're growing in those to make this the best year of our lives. And so the first one we're going to look at this week is the relationship with ourself. Like, how do we actually have peace with ourself? Because if we don't have peace with ourselves, you're never going to have peace with other people, your family, or things like that. Next week, we're going to look at uh, family and how we engage in our family relationships. And then on the 17th, we're going to look at... Um, at friendships and relationships outside of our family and so today as we focus on how to develop peace in our relationship it's going to be key to understand that as we have peace in our own lives and our own hearts then we have an opportunity to spread peace to other people you ever realize that when things are settled in your life when there is peace in your life it is much easier to live at peace with others But when things are unsettled in your life, when you're unsure of who you are, what's going on in your life, or you're unsure of your perspective on things, and you're angry at yourself, what is it? It's easy for you to be angry and upset at other people. And so we've got to learn to focus and to begin with this. And we're going to do this based on a passage in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're going to read Hebrews 12, 12 through 15 here in a minute. But let me give you just a little background on the book of Hebrews. And so... uh, Basically, the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians in the early church. It's a book filled with encouragement and exhortation. It's a book designed to give hope and fulfillment to a people that were weary. Now, why were they weary? I want you to get just a picture here. Jesus had come and died and resurrected. The people were filled with hope at all of this, but yet their circumstances hadn't really changed. The Jewish people were still in an occupied state. The, the Roman government was still there. They were still kind of slaves in their own land. They had no land to call their own. They were you know, living paycheck to paycheck as low-class workers in this nation of, of Rome. And Jesus had come. They had believed in Him. They had put their faith in Him. They had seen Him live an incredible life, do these miracles. They had seen that He had died on the cross for their sins and then rose again and ascended into heaven and they believed all that, and they placed their faith in him, but their life circumstance had not necessarily changed. And like, I, I was thinking about this for me where this became obvious. I, I'm a big football fan. I love pro football, college football. My wife and I both went to Auburn University, and a few years ago, Auburn won the national championship. And I remember leading up to that, like, we had this undefeated season. Like, every day, every Saturday that they played, like, I got nervous. There was the anxiety, like, are we going to win? Are we going to – and then we would pull it out, and we would win in the end. And then the actual national championship game, like, it came, and we won on a last-second field goal. And, man, it was so exciting. And I woke up the next day, and my life was no different. I mean, it wasn't just because my team that I wrote it for won the championship or, you know, when the Giants won the Super Bowl, we didn't wake up the next day and our life was suddenly different. And our circumstances had changed dramatically. Unless maybe you bet on the game and then maybe you're, but I'm not advocating that. But, but, uh, but, you know, our circumstances don't change just because something happens. And even though, Christ came and changed our inward understanding of who we are and where true peace and joy come from. The external didn't always change. And that's where the writer of Hebrews finds these people. They were followers of Christ. They were committed to Christ. But they were a little weary and going, our circumstances haven't changed. And the author helps them understand that change is more about their internal perspective than their external circumstance. And when we talk about our best year ever, it's understanding that concept. It's understanding that it is about having a better internal perspective than just better external consequences. So let's look starting at verse 12 and see what he says here. He says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness with which no one will see the Lord, without which no one will see the Lord, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So I want to give out of these verses, I want to give you a few things to think about about how to be at peace with yourself this year and live at peace with yourself. And the first one is this: is to live optimistically. Live optimistically. Sometimes you know we have the. I kind of say we have these scales in our life that can get out of balance real easy, and sometimes we don't even notice. All of a sudden, things are going well, and then all of a sudden, our scales get tipped in the negative direction very easily. We don't know how it got there, and a lot of times it can boil down to things like living optimistically versus pessimistically. And, And there's a there's this precarious balance between optimism and pessimism, and sometimes we don't realize when the scales had shifted. And when we find ourselves like the Hebrews did here in chapter 12, our heads down, our arms drooping, and our legs sagging. I mean, you get the picture there? He says, lift up your drooping heads, hands, and strengthen your weak knees. I'd say it's, I did youth ministry. I worked with students for about 15 years. And they used to do these things. They still do them. I will never do one again. It's called a lock-in. Where you basically take a bunch of students, high school and college students, stick them in a place and stay up all night together. I think that's a version of hell on earth when you're living. And like afterwards, that's how I would feel. My arms would be drooping. I could barely walk. I'd like just get me home and get me into bed. Maybe you feel that after working a double shift at work or whatever it is that just drains you. Maybe you feel that way after Christmas and New Year's of just going, going, going. It's like, enough already. And that's where the writer of Hebrews finds them. They're kind of downtrodden. They're looking and he says, look up. Look positively. Look ahead. God calls us to live optimistically to straighten up Walk with confidence and face each day with hope, faith, and assurance that He is with us. I love what the verse in Ephesians 3.20 says. talks about God. It says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. It's just this verse of hope that reminds us there is great things ahead of us according to God. There are better days ahead. And I'm not saying that we can't look at the past and learn from the past, but we don't have to dwell on the past. God desires that we center our lives not around a God of pessimism, but around a God of hope. And here's just some basic things that in this verse that we can can grasp and, and realize. One is this, to live optimistically, look forward. Look forward. We can learn from the past, but we don't have to live in the past. Challenge yourself to think, what's ahead of me this year instead of, where did I fall short last year? And then I love when he says basically, pick up your arms, you know, your drooping arms, get your hands up, do something. One of the ways I know when I'm becoming pessimistic is when I just stop doing things. I kind of become apathetic. Set a goal, create an action plan, accomplish something. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, do something. Optimism breeds in our life when we start to do, when we start to act and put our faith into action. And then finally, be spiritually minded. Look at how God is with you and how he is guiding you and embracing you. And don't look at everything from a physical perspective and a monetary material perspective. Understand that there is a whole spiritual realm to who we are as well. And think optimistically in that. So live optimistically. Think optimistically. Take the, those tired hands and those slack knees and straighten up and look ahead and move forward. But the second thing we see here uh, in Hebrews twelve verses twelve and thirteen that we can do is is to learn not to compare. Don't compare. Do you see what he says here in verse twelve? Therefore lift what your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet. You know, another habit that sneaks into our life and saps our joy, hope, and ambition is when we live lives of comparison. And, you know, here's the basic truth. There's always somebody that has it better than you, and there's always somebody that has it worse than you. And as we focus on people who have it better than us, what comes into our life? We basically then start living lives of pity. We start pitying ourselves. Look, they've got it better than I do. Why do good things always happen to them and bad things always happen to me? And we start living these lives of pity. Or if we start comparing ourselves and we think we're better and we we focus on those that our lives are better than, then we live lives of pride. And we start thinking that, look at me, I've got it all. For some reason, I deserve these blessings. And we start thinking it's because of something I did. And we start becoming prideful people. Comparison always leads to one of those two things: pride or pity. It will lead you down one of those two paths. And when we live paths lives of comparison, we live a life that God never intended for us. And He says that the pure best year ever includes learning to let go of comparison. Let go. Don't judge your life by somebody else's life. You know what? I can't even control my own circumstances. Much less somebody else's. So trying to control their... and think about how their circumstances are controlling their life and that that it's eventually affecting my life, we can't control that and it will literally drive us crazy. So stop trying to control your own circumstances and other circumstances instead. Live through the circumstances God has placed you in, but live with God. And here's just some thoughts about how to not compare that I've learned in my life. And one is this, is don't assume. It's so easy to assume that everybody has it better than you. Or maybe everybody has it worse than you. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know the real story of their life. And when we start assuming things about people, uh, it always ends badly. It always ends badly. So don't assume. Second is don't judge. When we judge, we basically create winners and losers. And God tells us that's not our job to judge. And go, well, this person shouldn't get that, or this person should get that. And we become this judge. And when we do that, we, we create these winners and losers. And it separates us. So don't judge. But finally, also don't idolize. Don't idolize things. Don't idolize people. Don't envy their lives. Don't, don't compare in that sense and create idols out of what other people have look to god for contentment and nothing else when we look to god for contentment comparison goes away in our life that's the that's the remedy to comparison is contentment and contentment only comes when we know that all we have and all we are comes from god so don't compare Think positively, live optimistically. Don't compare. And the third thing I want you to see is in, in Hebrews 13. It says, or 12 verse 13. It says, "Make straight your paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed." And so, what you, what this is basically saying here is, look, as you're going down the path of life, clear your path out, so that you don't step on something, you don't trip on something, so something that is already a little damaged pops out of joint pops out of place and then instead as you go down your path and you're clearing your path and you're looking ahead you will be healed you will be more healthy and so what this is telling us here is to embrace opportunities in front of us another habit that can hold back our joy and abundant living is apathy and inactivity in our world today it is very easy to to be busy without doing anything you can spend hours a day on the internet watching videos of cats Right? I mean, they're pretty entertaining. Have you seen the one with the cucumbers? If you haven't, search cats and cucumbers. It's very, very funny. Not right now. But uh, later on, at lunch. Uh, but we, we can spend hours doing that, right? We can spend hours playing Candy Crush. You know, or whatever your game is of the month. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Katie, like, looked at my phone. She's like, level 900? What have you been doing with your life? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm on the subway a lot recently. But, you know, we, we can look busy without actually doing anything. And we miss out on the important things of life and that's what he's saying here look don't just stumble through life and hope that something happens embrace opportunity pay attention engage in your life and its surroundings so that we move our lives healthy instead of toward places of injury and that will will hold us back if you walk the streets at all, you, you know what I'm talking about when you see these, I call them street zombies, right? I mean, they're on their phone and they're just like walking down. They're not paying any attention. They don't know where they're going. I don't know how they don't get hit by cars or run over or just, I mean, they get bumped out of the way of people. But I just see them every day as they walk. They're just forward, not paying attention to anything. And that something's going to happen one day to them. And, and that's the way our lives are. We have to move forward, but with intention, intentionality. And that's what I want us to, to think about when we talk about embracing opportunity. Is First of all, embrace challenges. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be trials in your life. Look at them as opportunities to grow this year. Not things to hold you back, but opportunities to grow. Uh, that, and that is such a pivotal thought. Because one thing I will tell you, everybody sitting in this room, you will face difficulties this year. You will have some challenges that are that if you look at them the wrong way, will hold you back. But look at challenges as obstacles to fight through and work over and grow, instead of barriers to holding you back. Embrace variety in your life. Try new things. Talk to new people. Go to new places. Experience new things spiritually. Try something that you've never tried before. If, you, if you've never learned how to really pray and talk to God, then, then use this year to, to say, God, how can I learn to talk to you better? If you've never learned to study God's Word by yourself, then say, hey, I'm going to make it a focus of my life this year to get God's Word into my heart. If you've never learned to memorize or meditate on Scripture, maybe you, you take that as part of your journey this year and you try something new. Try, try something that you haven't tried before. So embrace variety, but, but also embrace holiness. Live differently. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is telling me. We Look, as you're going through life and you're clearing things out, live as God intended. And as we embrace holiness, our lives will make an impact that we can't explain, that we can't understand. So embrace opportunity. And then in verse 14, it says this. It says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so the fourth key, I think, to being at peace with ourselves is to learn to serve cheerfully. Serve cheerfully. Serve others. You know, the joy of days can be our days can be derailed and drained from us when we have a view that service, our view of service is upside down. When we think people are here to serve us, instead of us having the opportunity to serve other people. Think about this for a minute, because we, we've all been at this point in our life where we think we're entitled, and people are supposed to do stuff for us. When we begin to think that way, I know in my life, nothing is ever good enough. Something always comes up short. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Somebody didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. When I feel entitled, nothing is ever good enough. And that's the trap. We think the higher I get, the more people serve me, the better it will be. But actually the more entitled I feel, the emptier I feel. The less I actually feel that that my contentment is being met. But when we turn that model upside down and we start serving... And we start pouring our lives into other people. It's this upside-down equation that basically says, as we pour out, we fill up. As we give to others, we experience more fulfillment and contentment in our life. So, when it says there, how do we strive for peace with everyone? We do so by serving. The, the writer of Hebrews, remind, Hebrews reminds us that there is something that we have to strive for. This peace with others is something that we have to work for, strive for. It's not our natural state. Our natural state is not to be the servant. Our natural state is to want to be the master and to have people serve us. But through God and through the transformation we experience as Christ followers in our life, we begin to become servants. Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. And we get to live that out. So so be alert to opportunities to serve. Look for them. Be willing, when you see an opportunity, move forward and step out and, and serve. We've talked about this before as a church, when we've talked about serving in a willing. You know it doesn't mean that every person that asks you for money on the street that you have to give every bit of your money away. But when you feel God's spirit moving your heart, when you feel God's spirit nudging you in a direction to talk to somebody to help somebody to do something, do it. Step forward, be willing. And the thing that I want to really challenge you to think about with being a cheerful servant and a cheerful giver uh, is to value sacrifice. Value sacrifice. Because true service service to others doesn't come when we just do something for other people. It comes when we sacrifice for others. Sometimes I can do something for somebody else and that's something I don't really mind doing. Something that's not really that difficult for me to do. But I see whether I'm truly cheerfully serving when somebody asks me to do it or an opportunity opens up that causes me to sacrifice. And so value sacrifice. The last thing I want us to see is in verse 15. And it says, See to it then that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may become, many may become defiled. So the last thing I think that we have to have to find peace with ourselves is to find true security in our life. And it says that we do that by making sure that no one, including ourselves, has not experienced the grace of God. So find security by finding your identity as as a creation and a child of God. You know, it is so easy to live our lives out of balance when we are more worried about what this person thinks about us, what our boss thinks about us, what this relationship, how it's affecting my life, spouse, child, whatever it may be. When we are trying to live up to this person's standards, to find our identity in this person's view of us, and we just, every person we encounter, every relationship we have, we feel like a different person. When I'm at work, I'm... This way, And I'm not talking about just how you act, but even how you feel like you have to portray yourself to them. I need to be this with this person. I need to be this with this friend. I need to be this with my wife. I need to be this with my son or my daughter. I need to be this with my mom or dad. and Whatever it may be. Instead of saying, no, ultimately who I am is found in my relationship between me and my Creator. Between me and God. And the grace that He gives me. I love that it says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. And you know what we do when we try to live in those other environments? We're trying to create, gain the grace of other people. Like I'm trying to create, gain the grace of my boss or my spouse or my children or my friends. I'm trying to gain their grace. And the thing about trying to gain the grace of other people, it's determined on what we do for them, right? Like if I can do this for them, maybe they'll be gracious toward me. But the grace of God is obtained not because of what we do, but because of what He's done. It's the fact that He demonstrated His love for us. It says that while we were at our worst, while we were sinners, Christ came to die for us. At our very worst, God did the most for us. We obtain the grace of God not by our own works in our own hands, but by the work of God Himself. And so find your security in that. So my question for you today is this. Where, where are the scales out of balance in your life? Where is there peace? Where are you missing out on peace in your life? Are, are you looking at, at life pessimistically? Or optimistically? Do you have this negative view? Are you, your arms and knees drooping? Are you stumbling through life? Woe is me. As you, have your scales tipped that way? Are you comparing your life to others? Every day you you see your shortcomings or you, you're prideful and you see yourself as better than others? Are you just kind of going through the motions of each day, not looking for opportunities, not growing, not valuing variety and change and opportunity? Are you waiting for others to serve you? Are you looking for opportunities to sacrifice and serve others? And are you trying to find your security in what others view you versus how God created you. Start this year off by taking a deep look inside and determining to reset the scales the way God intended. Allow hope to flourish with optimism. Allow peace to flourish with contentment in our life. Allow joy to flourish as we embrace holiness. Allow love to flourish with service in our life. And allow faith to flourish as we find our security in god the best year of your life starts with making sure our heart mind and souls are focused in the right direction your relationships with your family your friends and others can't grow beyond the peace that you have in your life so my prayer for us today is that we would begin this year balancing the scales bringing them back to the way god intended for us to live life. To raise up our drooping hands, straighten up our knees, look ahead and move forward and embrace all that He has for you this year. Let's pray together.